2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami.
1: Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And corrupt judge Jonathan Harrison, who is mostly here to judge us as people, not as objective and uh.
0: You're saying uh, I'm not impartial. supposed to objectify you?
1: We would prefer not. But- okay. I guess we understand. His
3: decisions still
1: make zero sense. It is your court. The game is cram session, and uh, usually it's Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Rami is going to be back with us tomorrow for the rest of the week. But Jonathan asks us three questions and then awards a point based on who he thinks answered to uh, suit his needs the best. (laughs) Exactly.
3: It has nothing to do (laughs) with rhyme or reason or anything else, does it?
1: Why would it? Let's fire away. All right, so
0: in honor of Sam Dyson's poor... Is that an easy way to put it? Kind way to put it? Poor debut, yeah. disastrous, disastrous, debacle of. Wow, that's a word.
3: It's awful. It's, I mean, it's
0: terrible. A bad debut for the twins. Terrible. I want your worst debut by an athlete that eventually ended up working out for the player and the team. Can I give
3: you? Can I give, give you an old school one and then a twins one? Oh yeah. Okay. The old school one actually the the struggle here was brief, but it was very thorough, and I believe. If I'm not mistaken, the story was he ended up in tears, basically saying that he should be demoted back down. Wow, that was 1951. Willie Mays with the Giants. Oh,
1: that's a great one. He
3: was old. He had he was only old for his first 12, but, but I believe the story is that he went into the manager's office basically crying and say, "Send me back down." And they're like, "Kid, guess what? You're, you're a little bit too good." Yeah, <laughs> and he turned things around quickly, but um, Mays off to a terrible start, and I'm willing to bet in New York he might have gotten some booze as well. So that's my old school historical Hall of Fame one. My new school one, my partner's going to know well because we were in Mankato when this happened, and this guy is still a Twins pitcher to this day, and actually has found a role in life. But on August 5th, 2015, in Toronto, poor Tyler Duffy made his debut. (laughs) He lasted two innings gave up six runs, all earned, five hits, walked two, struck out one, gave up two bombs, and departed his Major League debut with a 27 ERA. And there were some serious questions about whether Tyler Duffy was going to make a second start, at least in our hotel room, as we watched that game in Mankato.
1: Yeah, and the, the best was, I'll never forget, this was the peak of Jose Batista, And I think he gave up, it was a grand slam. But I just remember the the count was like three and one. And Jose Batista is grinding sawdust off of his bat in the right-handed batter's box, just ready for this weakling to throw a pitch right over the heart of the plate. And I, I remember both Judd and I, we said to each other, You can't throw a strike here. Like you have to you basically have to bury bonds him. You have you have to walk him, or it's a grand slam. If he throws a pitch over the plate, it is a grand slam. And sure enough, maybe we can look that up. I'm pretty sure it was a grand slam. But sure enough, like Duffy tries to get one over on 3-1, and one, and Batista swings out of his cleats. Yeah, jumped at it. The king of launch angle. <laughs> and it's a ball 700 feet. Yeah. So I'm going to give you two answers as well. And one, one we've talked about, but I finally looked up the actual performance. Because it's a current Twins reliever, not Tyler Duffy. And he's fine. He's not as good as we want him to be. But Trevor May, his debut against the really Oakland Athletics. At another one yeah August 9th 2014 Loves Fortnite at Oakland and he pitched he should have he might have rather have been playing Fortnite than pitching that night because he went two innings walked seven batters and struck out nobody somehow only gave up four earned runs I don't know who came in and got him out of a jam or if he just like got himself out of a and then they just didn't put him back out there for the third inning but it was three hits, seven walks, no strikeouts in two innings. He put 10 guys on base in two innings and had an 18 ERA. And uh, wasn't much better the rest of the year. He was pretty much just a disaster. Finished the season with a 7.88 earned run average. But then came around and he's been a serviceable reliever. The other sneaky one I'll give you, Brett Favre's debut with the Vikings in 2009. thousand nine wasn't a, It wasn't a disaster. He didn't throw any interceptions. He managed but, the game, yeah. He had hundred ten yards against the Cleveland Browns in Week One of two thousand nine. It's just like and Peterson right.
3: ran absolutely wild that
1: day. Yeah, they didn't, didn't even he, really like, trust truck him someone that day. Yeah, on oh. the sideline, completely yeah. trucked him. Yeah, he ran for three. He ran for three touchdowns, and the one was a, a defender came over and he just yeah. like stiff armed him out of bounds, and then continued on his way. Yeah, he destroyed. out of bounds and out of his body. <laughs> he destroyed that dude. Peterson also Peterson had some amazing. Trucking of like he had the game against Pittsburgh In where he stepped on the guy's well. head. I think.
3: They lost that game. No, he used the guy's body as a launching pad. Right. He so stepped yeah. he stepped, he put his cleat into the guy and basically got a thrust yeah. off the guy's body. It was like have you guys have ever of- seen
1: Raiders of the Lost Ark, where like Indiana Jones and this guy are fighting on a moving vehicle and <laughs> the one guy like gets caught on the front grille of the car while it's moving and Indiana Jones like pushes him off. <laughs> And there's the scene where the car the car is going over this guy's body, and he's like, you know, no, that convulsing. No, That's it. what happened to that that <laughs> Pittsburgh guy Ford was safety
3: toast.
0: Yeah. All right, all right. This is a tough one because Phil brought up Brett Favre, and Brett Favre always wins in my heart here. But I mean, when you start off with Willie Mays, Willie Mays. Hall of Fame, yeah. Say, hey kid, I think you got. I think I got to give the point to Judd here. Starting off with Willie Mays, just dropping that one. Willie Mays, Over for twelve. It was difficult. Cried. Brett Favre
3: always wins, but yeah. this time he'll <laughs> lose. Brett Favre does always win.
1: Joe, you know, what was it like watching <laughs> Willie Mays at the beginning? Oh, of his he's career?
3: unbelievable. <laughs> he was Buxton-like, except he didn't get hurt. I was going to say, what was his injury record? That was right? the that was the difference. Yeah, because back then you just shook it off. Ah, my shoulder separated. Ah, it's fine now. I just, just popped it back. I just it. popped it back in. Yeah. Concussion.
1: Well, uh, well, if Willie Mays had the range of Byron Buxton, then maybe he would get hurt running into walls once in a while. <sighs> Polo grounds. That's right. I that said That
3: wall. It. That wall was a long ways away. That wall was a long ways away. Made the great catch against Cleveland.
0: So I mentioned it in the Score North download. Minnesota United sits second in the Western Conference. It's going to be a tight race to finish. The promotion for it. Yeah. Promotion into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah that's what you're going to call it. Show up at the great stadium, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. They have one of the better attacks and defenses in the league in an amazing stadium. Outside of changing the fundamental rules of the game, which I know Judd loves to do, what will it take to get Minnesota sports fans interested in the Loons' success right now?
1: So, I, I think I actually think it's a deep playoff run. It's a, it's. A, I don't know if they're going to win the title, but it's a. If they were to get into the playoffs and they were to win a game or something, and just create this feeling like wow, th- th- I think that would convert a lot of casual fans over to being diehard hardcore fans. Think about this: the Lynx were not. I mean, the Lynx, people didn't grow up watching the Lynx. When the Lynx started their championship run, they had only been around for like a decade or so. So it's not like you had a bunch of 30- and 50-year-old fans who grew up with that team. If you don't grow up watching a team, it takes something special to hook you. If you grow up a Vikings fan, you're just kind of born into it and whatever, like you're just going to be a Vikings fan. But if you're an adult and a new team comes in, something has to happen to create an emotional attachment. So I think when the Lynx started winning championships, they started packing the house, you know 10, 15,000 fans in the arena, and I think not that uh, first of all attendance is amazing for Minnesota United right. so I'm not saying but um, I think if they were to go on a nice little run, make the playoffs, host a playoff it's just something like that. it's snowing in a playoff game and they have a chance to win the MLS Cup, that's the type of thing that could convert a lot of people that might not currently be hardcore loons fans.
3: I think Phil's on, on the right track, but I'm going to go a step more than that and say a championship. I think if they win a championship, because then you would get, because we love that, right? A playoff run is fun, but if you win a championship in this town, like the Lynx, then it's like, oh, wow, you're a championship team. And then we've got, you know, the Vikings and the Wild mm-hmm. and the Wolves. So I think Phil's right, but I'm, I'm going to say, like, to convert, to convert Joe's sports fan to be like, I got to watch soccer now, I think takes that next step, an actual title. Where's that title parade, by the way, when they win it? Is it right down University, right in front of Hubbard? Here,
1: I think it almost has to be. I think you
3: start. No, I think it, I think it goes in front of Hubbard to, to downtown Minneapolis. You got to connect it the stopped, two stadiums. It connect stopped. the
1: stadium where they were. Actually, you know, it's got to go up to Blaine, thirty-five <laughs> W. It's like a mess, why just no, no, no. Mess. With all this construction, you'd have to stop it. But no,
3: I think it it's goes. Stopped it goes in Minneapolis, you go to St. Paul. You know what? Close 94 that day. They've already closed that darn thing half the time anyway. Just officially close it down. So Adrian can be in the back of the convertible with the what's the trophy called?
0: It's just the MLS Cup. But there's no name for it?
1: No. No like... MLS Cup. Oh. I was hoping that we we'll we keep it simple it. in soccer. There's not a there's not like a Lord Stanley figure yet. It's, it's not the lot. <laughs> Who is the most prominent figure in the history of U.S. soccer?
0: Right now, probably Landon Donovan. But
1: yeah, he's he's already like got, 40.
0: Yeah, he's got the MVP name. He's not, is he
1: him. even 40 years old? Uh, I think he is. So like He's the, now playing to be called like the
0: Landon Cup at some point? Well, they have already given him the MVP, so they can't give him the title. How about the Pele Cup? Ooh, Let's kick it really old school. Go on ASL days? Kick yeah. it really old school. Kick it old school. That's what the uh, kids like to do. I do like the fact or I do like the idea of a deep playoff run hosting a playoff game in the snow, hopefully. I think that'd be great. I think that just adds to the atmosphere. We saw that when they hosted their first ever game here at at TCF Bank Stadium and it was snowing Atlanta. People came out thirty three thousand. So I think that would be a good start is getting getting a deep playoff run, hosting a playoff game in the snow. Has to be in the snow though. It
3: can't be anything else. So Phil's gonna get the point here. I gave you a championship it wasn't good enough. Well, they got to go through LAFC. I don't care. You do what you got to do and win that championship.
0: They wouldn't host that game against LAFC, though. They'd have to go. Where's out the there. game played? It would be at Los Angeles. Oh, the, the championship game's no. not at a neutral site. No, if no, no. they
1: played LA in the Western Conference playoffs, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. but where's if the they cha- get to the
0: championship? Where's the and championship? Depends on who the higher seat is. Oh, so we still keep. We oh, could okay. still win. We could still host. The Interesting. Title. Yeah. We'd...
3: It's one one. So,
0: All the marbles one won all the marbles, all the Tostitos.
3: Thanks, Brent. (laughs) It's the greatest ever.
0: The Packers and Texans are holding joint practices ahead of their preseason game. As is tradition in Green Bay, players ride bikes of kids in attendance. J.J. Watt, a Wisconsinite, kid who grew up in Wisconsin, always dreamed of doing that and participating in that. Well, he did. Unfortunately, he broke the kid's bike because he's a 290-pound man (laughs) on a little kid's bike. It's not going to fit that well. Now, you guys are media personalities, and I imagine you get noticed from time to time out in public. What is the most embarrassing interaction you've ever had with someone who's noticed you in public?
3: I don't think that I, as uncomfortable as I am, I try to maintain distance (laughs) from people. So I actually don't, like, go into... I don't recall being embarrassed by, by something stupid I've done, but the most embarrassing... For me, it was probably during the old 1500 ESPN days when we would have a remote or or an appearance at a bar or something, and people w- would come up and be like, oh, yeah, I love your guy. Great. I love your guy's stuff. It's fantastic. Yeah. You guys at KFAN are so good. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't know how to explain to you that I'm not from there, but okay, Cool. But I do a very good job okay. at avoiding at avoiding actually too much contact to make it imba- it's uncomfortable so you, but not embarrassing.
1: So your official answer is you don't you avoid human interaction so much that I'm you've saying, never had an embarrassing. Moment I'm saying I do
3: a, I'm saying I do a very good job. I'm not saying that I'm comfortable to be around, but I actually <laughs> but I actually do a very good job of avoiding like get, getting too involved where something turns downright embarrassing.
1: I'm not sure I'm comfortable to be around. Um, all right, I have I have one for you here. Okay, and it goes back to I think you've heard the first part of the story. I don't know if Jonathan's heard either one of these parts of the story, but 2010 Vikings training camp, and we used to do our shows from Boomtown, which is now Bradley's. I want to say if it's Macedo. still Bradley's, yeah, yeah. So Boomtown was a uh, Boomtown had an owner that a couple different times would after like midnight would bring me and Tom Pelissero for to the bar and say, all right, we're going to have some fun. Like, and he would, we had one night in particular. It was, um, I believe it was actually the night before it, this was the night before Brett, the Brett Favre news broke and Tom. So like we were out till three in the morning. Cause we thought the next day was going to be a couple guys in our twenties. You know, it's a little bit of a reprieve. And, uh, the next day, Brett Favre comes back and it's like the biggest work day of the year. And Tom wakes up like the undertaker and goes on Bob <laughs> Lee's, Outside the lines, and he's just, like, he's at ESPN all day, just on no sleep. At one point, we were, like, holding each other up, walking back to the American. But the part of the story that I don't think I've told Judd is Roycey and I had a three-hour show the next day at Boomtown. And I've never felt more terrible doing a radio show in my life. Ordinarily, if I was just sick, I wouldn't have gone and done the show. But I felt so bad. Like, this was completely self-inflicted. Right, I'm just hungover. And it's the it's the last time I've ever it was the one and only time I've ever felt like that going into a show. And we were in front of a live audience. And the embarrassing thing is we had 12 segments and I took 12 bathroom breaks. (laughs) I went to the bathroom for one way or the other. Twelve or a try, at least an attempt, an attempt or a successful. Uh huh. During every single commercial break, and I had to walk through the audience to get... To, it was like you had to walk through the audience to get to the bathroom. That audience saw me go to the bathroom 12 times in one radio show. How many show. people commented? What did Royce say? Nobody, like, nobody thought to let... Well, nobody like, did, did said Patrick anything say, to my face. Are you okay? In his own way. He basically just like <laughs> eschewed me from the show. He like stopped making eye contact with me during the <laughs> show. It was really bad. Where were you like turned yes. green by this time? <laughs> yeah, he was. With a, the he was, bathroom
0: breaks fell
1: because he knew why I felt that way. Right. He was ashamed that, and I was like twenty five. I don't know. It's like, Who's this idiot that I've been working with for four months?
3: <laughs> ah, the, the good news is I'm sure the crowd changed enough that they didn't realize it was twelve. I'm going to give it to Brett Favre Day here. Phil, so you win. I didn't give you Brett
0: Favre earlier. I'm giving you Brett Favre now. All right, Hungover all right. Phil on Brett Favre Return Day.
1: So that's cramp session. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on the Score North mobile app.
0: Check out Minnesota Sports Rewind, where Score North goes back in time and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history. Including Twins and Tigers game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, Kevin Love's 30-30 and game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating game 7 against Sacramento. It's called Minnesota Sports Rewind, and it's on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Also, just real quick again, we've got a really fun event tomorrow night before Twins and Braves just down the street from Target Field at Modest Brewing. Modest Brewing Company is just a walk from the left field gate at Target Field. And we're going to host a live edition of the Score North Twin Show, all hands on deck, including Glenn Perkins. Glenn Perkins, Judd Zolgad, myself, Phil Mackey, Robbie McLove, Derek Wetmore. Tickets are free, but you got to register to attend, and we're going to close that window at noon tomorrow at scorenorth.com slash glenn. That's com slash glenn complimentary beer courtesy of modest brewing company and also some other prize giveaways throughout the night that we'll be holding. So should be, should be a lot of fun. Just reading through some clubhouse quotes here from target field. Judd I
3: might be looking at the same one regarding Sam Dyson.
1: Yeah. yeah if you got is, it in
3: front of you, go ahead. Uh, th- this coming from uh, Dane Mizzatani of the Pioneer Press who must be covering the game for them tonight. Sam Dyson has been dealing with in quotes an issue. Since the second series after the All Star break, he talked with, uh, Thad Levine, Twins GM, about it recently. Uh, Sam Dyson's quote from the clubhouse today, I was just grinding through it the whole time and I didn't want to put these guys in a bad spot because they're in first place. If anything, this increases the mystery to me. It doesn't decrease it.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't get how did the twin, so if he's had an issue, a physical issue since the All Star break. Yes. And, the teams supposedly swapped medical records. All I can figure is that the Twins knew that he had some kind of a minor issue and still said, Yep, worth it. Let's pull the trigger. You know, he'll, he'll be healthier as the season goes on. Like, and if but they, still. And if they didn't. He cost them a game. Absolutely. And if
3: they didn't, they privately have to be livid at the Giants, right?
1: I I know I would think Falvey if the Giants today, didn't disclose, and they can probably get something in compensation. Yeah. So
3: I read Falvey's quotes. I believe you talked to the media about this on Sunday, right after Dyson was put on the IL. And I believe his quotes were, "Well, we aren't upset, or But you got to be upset about this if you if this wasn't disclosed. This is a major problem.
1: I guess on one hand, it would yeah, it would be. Infuriating if it if it wasn't disclosed, then you should get some sort of compensation or some sort of. I mean, if you want to send him back, it depends on if you think the injury is right. something that's going to go away. Then you just, you want to just hang on to him because you get him for a year and a half. Yes, but on the other hand, I guess I would be a lot more concerned if all of a sudden a guy who had the yips two years ago without any reason just like couldn't throw a strike and was getting rocked with with no injury. This actually makes me feel a little bit better about his performance in the first two outings because my. My other thought was, okay, this guy got let go from the Rangers because he couldn't throw strikes a couple of years ago. If, if, you, if you look at his career, it's just one great ERA after another, and then this weird albatross season where he just went bonkers. Like 10.2, right? Yeah, and I think, well, okay, he's going to a new city, pennant race. Uh, the Giants have mostly been a non-factor the last couple of years, and so he's like, for the first time since the Yips, he's going into a situation where he's got to lock it in, and he couldn't. Is it mental? Is it injury? And I guess I'd feel better if it was mild injury that he could come back sure. from in 10 days. And that's what it looks like it is.
3: Yeah, that's great. But, but you, you got him in part because these next seven days starting tonight are enormous for you. Yeah. Braves, the Braves and then Cleveland for four. Like yeah. I want, th- this is why I made that trade.
1: Yeah. You're going to have to win these I'd be games. I'm really upset about this. I mean, you're really going to, th- this is, this is where you're just going to have to win these games by hitting home runs. You're going to have to bludgeon the Braves. And you're gonna have to bludgeon Cleveland. But can Cleveland match you now? Like, see, this lineup is better. I saw something come across. I think it was one of the. uh, There was one one of the MLB Network radio. I just saw one of these clips come across my Twitter feed earlier today, and the and the notion was, well, Cleveland can hit with the Twins now. So now it's a question of bullpen versus rotation. Pump the brakes a little bit there, just because Cleveland added two bats at the All Star break or at the trade deadline. Okay, their lineup is better for sure. They have two more power hitters that they didn't have before. I'm not going to go so far as to say that Cleveland can hit with the Twins. I think that's still very much to be proven. The Twins have, I will say it time and time again, the single greatest power hitting team in the history of Major League Baseball. Cleveland, period.
3: Cleveland has closed the gap. They have. That's my only, but 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 they aren't hitting with the Twins. But my point is, I got Sam Dyson four games, like the next three and then the next four. I didn't get him for Kansas City, okay? And the Marlins, quite frankly, aye, okay. But I got him for this. I want to win the division badly. I don't want to play in a wild-card game. Yeah, And so now you're going to go seven
1: extremely important games, and he not playing. The, the bigger loss is Byron Buxton, too, defensively. Oh, like, absolutely. I mean, his bat has been incredible right. this year, but... What do you do?
3: Because Byron Buxton, I, I think that the Twins and the fan base... Went into 2019, Phil Mackey, with two, with two Buxton wishes. One is make a difference. And every time he plays, he does.
1: Yeah. He's been, he he's makes been a difference. Yeah.
3: The other is be able to play consistently. He can't. And, and as much as we, we could talk about, well, if he would quit crashing into walls, which I've been on that for a long time. But the reality is this is his third trip to the injured list now in the past month plus. Uh, Time one, hit by pitch on the wrist. Sort of a fluky thing. Time two, he's coming in to make a catch and snaps his neck, concussion. Time three now, a a slight dislocation of the shoulder after crashing into a fence against the Marlins. The point being is, you do get to the point where you say, can he stay healthy? And it's not that's not even a criticism of the kid. It's how he plays the game. So, removing any criticism here I think it's very fair to ask the question, is this a guy long term that you are going to want to make a major investment in because when he's healthy he's definitely worth it.
1: Yeah. Man. What do you do here? Well, just I, I will say just because a guy isn't going to play 162 games doesn't mean that it's a black and white situation where he like he's well he can't play one he, well let's say even 150 or 140 uh if he he did play 140 2 years ago. So, credit credit there. Um it it doesn't mean that he's just out. Well, he can't stay healthy, so he's out. Because when he's out there, even for a hundred to a hundred twenty games, yep, he's one of your two or three most valuable players, and he lowers your pitching staff ERA by, you know, what a half run. I don't know. It's hard to quantify.
3: He he makes routine catches on what are very difficult catches.
1: Yep. So as long as he can stay out there for a hundred plus games, I'm interested in Byron Buxton. Now, I think what you're getting at is. It's getting to the point here, you like you gave Jorge Polanco an extension, you gave Max Kepler an extension, what kind of discussion are you having? And I actually, I'll make a cross board comparison. The Timberwolves had this exact discussion with Nikola Pekovic. Now, Nikola Pekovic might not be the most uplifting you are example. Not,
3: you are not instilling confidence in me.
1: But here's what they said to him. <laughs> his, his agent, Do, Doogie was reporting on this throughout the entire process. And, and Pekovic's agent went to the Timberwolves and said, we want a Max contract. My guy's a he's yeah. a he's a twenty and ten player yep. and he deserves a max contract. And I think it was Flip Saunders at the time who was running the Timberwolves and he said, We agree. Your guy is a max talent, but he only plays like fifty games. And so we'll give you X percent of a max contract. Whatever fifty divided by eighty-two is, we'll give you that percentage of a max contract. And that's how Nikola Pekovic wound up with like fourteen or fifteen million dollars instead of the twenty million dollars. That he wanted. So the conversation with Buxton would have to be, "Hey man, we love you. When you're out there, you're amazing, and we want to pay you. We want to pay you equal value to, to to what you give us on the field when you're out there. Yep. But let's go through the games played here. 140 games a couple of years ago. That was awesome, but. You played 28 games last year because of ineffectiveness and injury. Five trips to I- ILs and
3: various leagues last year for him. Yeah,
1: in fact, if you add the minor league games last year, yeah, he wasn't. An- it was only like 30. Yeah, it was 35 extra games. Yep. This year you've played 82 so far, and there and and he's not coming. He's not coming back in the next two weeks. He so he he, he might, might miss not even, all of August. Yeah, so he might. Let's say he plays 30 more games like we we have to consider you a 100 to 120 game player mm-hmm. and in those 100 to 120 games you are the most impactful player on this roster yep um so i would i would operate under that under that premise but i would also be this is the other thing he's going to be 26 years old this off season and this is where it gets very scary he's under team control through 2023 so you you do have him until he's 30 years old, 20, 29 years old. Okay. Yep. His main asset to you is straight line speed in the outfield. And a lot of smarter people than me have done studies on this. Straight line speed in sports, whether you're a cornerback in the NFL or a wide receiver or a, a center fielder in Major League Baseball, it starts to decline when you're like 23 or 24. People might hear that and think, well, you're, you're an idiot, Mackie. It doesn't, I'm not saying it goes away. I'm saying you're faster when you're 22. Than you are when you are twenty six. Your abilities might peak. Your ability to hit and pick up pitching and all those things, those might get those might improve between twenty five and thirty or thirty two. But your straight line speed doesn't get better when you are thirty than it is when you are twenty three. And so I'd be worried about paying for an asset that's only going to depreciate over the next few years and a guy who can't stay on the field. I, he's amazing when he's on the field, but this is the most valuable he's going to be right now based on his straight line speed. Unless he all of a sudden becomes like a walks machine who hits right, 30 home runs, right? and changes himself. Yeah.
3: But I don't see... So what's the case to potentially, with, with when you consider team control, what's the case to sign him long-term? Because here's, here's the bottom line of how I think you have to... Um, the thought process with Buxton. He plays baseball like it's football. Like, he plays a style... And I don't even know if you can control it. I really don't. But the running and defenses thing, I think you might have a shot, but you know, coming in for a ball and your neck snaps. Can you tell him, "Hey, don't die, buddy?" Or can you tell him, "Don't slot, You can't." So I think that as an executive, when you consider his future and his contract, it almost has to be looked at like a football contract, which is, if you think about how he plays this game, his body is going to give out sooner. Yeah. Then later, like this guy is not going to be 35 and still be like this. Everything he does well is done predicated on how aggressive he plays the sport, which means his body is going to give out. I mean, I, I'd i say he could play till 35 or so, but I think he's going to be a shell of the player that we see now. And the attributes, they're going to be long gone.
1: Yeah, I think I think I would look at it right now as I'm cool just going year to year. And because think about this, too. You're going to pay less for him in arbitration than you are in a, in a contract extension. Cause in a contract extension, you're sort of paying for potential. His potential is astronomical. So you'd be, you'd be overpaying if you're, if you're paying through the arbitration process, which is pretty much based on what have you done on the field compared to other players. And that's kind of what your value is. I would, I, I, I mean, I don't think I'm offering him an extension this offseason. I think, I think he's an amazing talent and I'm an not amazing long, player. It's
3: not, I'm not going long term here.
1: I can't. I'd love to. It's tough. It's one it's of it's tough because he's so special and he helps your here's team. Here's my so much. thing.
3: It makes me sad because he's such a good player and, and he brings things to baseball that most guys just don't. Like if you hit home runs, that's great. A lot of guys do, right? But this guy is a consistent difference maker in areas where most baseball players yeah. aren't. So you'd love to sign this guy to an eight year contract and he's yours and it's fantastic. But if I'm the twins, I can't do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the good news is he's not a free agent until 2023. And so you, you can spend the next two or three years kind of figuring out all right, can this guy find a way to not crash himself into a fence eight times every year and get knocked silly or just get weird injuries? List? Yeah. Let's. Uh...
0: We've been talking twins all day long, and rightly so. They're 69 42, three games up in the division. And one thing we want you to know about because it's going to be a big event. We're excited about it. We've been pimping it all last month or so, and it's tomorrow. You can join Phil Mackey, Derek Wentmore, Rami Makalov, Judd Zolgad, basically the entire Score North crew, and former Minnesota twin Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North twin show, Glenn Perkins on baseball, tomorrow night beginning at 5 p.m. for Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer courtesy of Modest Brewing Company with prize giveaways throughout the night. The event is free, but you must register to attend, and you can register over at com slash Glenn. Thank you, Jonathan.
1: We wrap with Royce every day on the show, and Pat, I know you guys do a little bit of a deeper dive here coming up on Unchained, but... Uh... Super sad news over the over the weekend with the passing of longtime football writer and a guy who covered the Vikings for a few years in this town. Don Banks passed away in his mid fifties over the weekend.
2: Yeah, man, we, we did not talk about it for a while today on the podcast. Uh, I think he was uh, the Star Tribune football writer for about three years. There was something about our uh, fine newspaper that frustrated him because he was one of the last guys to go in the opposite direction. He went over to St. Paul for a couple of years uh, when they had a football opening, but he must have been in town for about five years and then landed a very fine job at Sports Illustrated and did that for for a number of years. And, uh, yeah, and he just had gotten a new job in Las Vegas to kind of be the main football writer. And, you know, that the – Las Vegas uh, Review Journal, uh, which is which does, which is one of those newspapers that's doing well, uh, is going to make a big splash covering the Raiders. So uh, what a what a shocker this is! I was telling, uh, Judd, man, it's been a bad year for sports writers. When you uh, throw in Nick Capardo, uh from the Boston Globe, just dying suddenly down in spring training, and my pal Fraley and uh, Marty Noble, and of course Don's the youngest of them all, fifty six, and. Uh, yep. He was the only uh, problems Don and I ever had was damn, he was slow in the press box. It took him forever to write his stuff. So uh, when you went with Don, I learned quickly after covering the first ever game with him rent my own rent a car. Don't wait for Don to get done. Uh, you know, you're, you're not going to make that late flight out of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, oh. but I, I, think was, I think it was being meticulous. And, uh, you know, he wanted to make sure. Everything was exactly as he liked it, rather than at some point saying, "Add a hell with it." Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was very good. He loved football, but he was a he was a sports guy in general. I know he loved baseball too. And uh, and uh, our our mutual friend Tom Jones, who was the first Wild Beat writer and the Tampa guy, uh, he tweeted out that he and Don lived around a corner from each other in Tampa, and used to sit around drink beer, uh, and watch baseball, and uh, tell stories. So oh. yeah, it's really a surprise, and it's uh, I mean uh, what the hell? There's not many fifty six year old people. People who uh, die uh, suddenly in any form of life that don't leave people shocked, and this is certainly one of those.
3: The Roycey patience on rental cars is one of my favorite all-time things. <laughs> you would you would get done in D- Detroit, and we always took that late flight home, yeah, light, light, and yeah. you would say, I'm going to go downstairs and warm the car up, and poor Mark Craig would just be starting, <laughs> and he'd be sweating bullets because you'd call every five minutes, you done
2: yet? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, poor Craig, unfortunately for him, the the, the uh, cell phone service was in, and he became the beat guy, uh, you know, bought banks in 96 or 7, the cell phones weren't very reliable, so you just, you just had to put, try to put pressure on him to get, come on, let's get moving here. And then finally, I, I, after about an hour and a half, I just bellow, come on, nobody's gonna read it anyway, let's go, come on. <laughs> yeah. Just remember that. Nobody's gonna read it anyway. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I Yeah, I got along with him. Well, I, that wasn't the case with everybody at the Star Tribune. Because for some reason he laughed. I never quite figured that out. But uh, yeah, he had a he had a nice run. And wow, that was Keith Meyer, who was the publisher at the Star Tribune, yep. had a lot. To, is now the publisher out in Las Vegas and had a lot to do with the getting done hired so it's uh, really unbelievable you know a lot of people say that's the way I, they want to go i don't want to go that way i want to have 10 minutes to you know to contemplate it uh, the the idea of uh of passing away in your sleep or just when you're walking down the street that doesn't do anything for me i want to have 15 minutes anyway to you know to
1: say hey you know what's going on here come yeah. on have you have you ever like ranked the three ways that you want to go
2: Oh, uh, not really. Not really. I, I have not. Not in the press box. I don't want to do that. You don't, you don't want to go in the press box? box. No, hell no, not in the press box. Yeah. I, uh, you know, maybe eating a pizza. That might be the way to go. I don't know. Eating a nice, uh, nice pizza might be the way to go. Deep so, dish? I don't know. Oh. No, God, no. No, no, no. I'm not a deep ditch. I'm not a deep ditch guy at all, so. Okay. Anyway, thin crust. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ooh. Uh thin, thin as can be. Yes, and, and overdone. Those are, those are the oh, way to eat them. So, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Don Banks. Yeah, it's a head deal. And, uh, I just, you just don't know what to say about this stuff. Yeah.
1: Uh, Pat, the uh, the Twins, this is actually one of the sneakiest seven-game stretches of the year here with three against Atlanta in that lineup and then four against Cleveland. And Sam Dyson apparently was broken goods when you bought him, and now he's on the disabled list. Buxton can't stay on the field, so they're just going to have to hit bombas the next seven games, I guess.
2: Yeah, and Panetta, uh, you know, who have been pitching pretty well. Uh, I am I was telling Judd today, I think that I bet that these guys plan to give this guy a 10-day break a couple of times during the season because they did it once earlier, and, uh, you know, he's coming back from Tommy John. They don't want him to go way over some innings limit. And uh, I I bet this whole thing was planned. You know, they come up with some, you know, sore biceps or something. You could say that at all times. Hopefully that's it. They're just giving him a a 10-day refresher it's funny i actually uh had uh tweeted out last week that uh the way perez was you know running on fumes and the way old Rizzi was uh you know not not as sharp as he had been that if i was these boys i'd call up Smeltzer and sneak him in for a couple of split starts during you know two different times during august and uh and they, uh, without shutting down Pineda, Pineda, they, uh, used that as an opportunity. Obviously, it came up late, though, because he was in Pawtucket, Rhode Island and, uh, got informed on Saturday and, and got in here late Saturday night and, uh, to, to get here. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't aware that he was supposed to get in here until sometime Saturday. So when Dyson, I think they just saw the way the ball was, uh, you know, not doing much that they said, okay, let's, Give this guy a refresher here because there's something wrong. And you say he got an MRI of a, and found tendonitis or something. I don't buy that crap. I think they just they they, they just did not like what they saw because there was no life on his pitches.
3: Who's your guy, too, Pat? Now that that you're advocating to be called up, Randy
2: Dobnak. Randy Dobnek. Uh He started. In, uh, he's a 24 year old started in Fort Myers uh, for three or four really good starts. Then he went to Pensacola for 10. Now he's been in Rochester for five. Mm. But he's a discovery out of uh, this goofy league in Detroit. A four-team independent league, but it's really, they play in one ballpark. They only play three or four times a week the rest of the time. These are all guys who didn't get drafted or got released like their first summer, and they're 18 to 25. And I met Ess- Essie and Jumessie is involved in it. Uh and I met him this spring. He was I mean, I've met him before when he played way back forty years ago. But uh I, he's uh managing the Unica Unicorns and that's where Andy Dobnik comes from. The twins, by the way, have signed like three or four independent league guys this week. A couple of sidearm I mean this month uh, a couple of sidearm pitchers and uh they got um uh, basically, a scout uh, who I know doesn't really want to be identified that way. Who's mainly the who's basically been their guys scrounging up players out of the international league and recommending them, on they're in a few of them.
1: Classic poll ads. Classic, poll yeah, ads, cheap,
2: Pat. cheap poll ads. I'm sure Jim Pollard said, "Let's take advantage of the Inter-Independent leagues." No question. <laughs> if, Atlanta. If Jim was, if Jim was aware aware we were independent leagues, <laughs> they might believe
1: that. By the far. way, Pat, we, we we started the show off with this. We 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 always criticize the Twins. They they never land the big fish whale signing in free agency. The cheap poll ads, but we never give them credit when they actually get a great discounted signing, like Nelson. Like Nelson Cruz might be the best <laughs> yes. signing in franchise history. And we don't. don't we, you know, they
2: all oh, get credit. Would you like to go back and look at the Star Tribune comments? Uh, oh, we, we, started, I, I we, started know,
1: sh- we started. We started the. We started the show. Found back, some. Yeah. <laughs> Another old,
2: broken down, no good, cheap bullheads, 39 thirty nine, thirty nine years old, and uh, I'll tell you, it's uh, there's a guy who knows how to take advantage of the new baseball. <laughs> some of these things are unbelievable where he hit them. That that, that uh, you know the of the three he hit the other night, only one of them was majestic. But man, I thought it was going to hit the train behind uh, left, you know, left center field. That thing was unbelievable. How far he got it up in the air! Yeah, what a what a. And I remember when he started off hitting three. I guess I'm the old uh, believer in uh, the three should be your best hitter, blah blah, not just your power hitter. And um, boy, he's been great hitting third because he. You know, you get him up, if you get somebody out in the first inning, you got a chance to be hit two to nothing. So that's, that's probably
3: why they haven't been there. And I'm not going to say for one second, Pat, that he's been a good influence on the clubhouse, because that's that, led to, that I, led to an epic <laughs> Roycey meltdown on Unchained, which you don't want to miss.
2: And uh, that was not three planned in any way. No, you just started yelling was, at me. It, just, it, was, <laughs> was just, it was just something that's been... I was in Rocco's office Friday, I think it was, and we got, we were talking about Cruz, and then with one of the TV guys, we got that dumbass leadership question that threw us all off. We had to listen to Rocco say nothing about it for three minutes, and it did, it, it, it agitated me, because we were, you know, yeah. this is precious time when you might try to get a decent comment out of it. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, leadership. i tell and what that is. Two three run homers in ten days.
1: That's leadership, man. Yeah, four, agitated would be correct. Fourteen homers since the All Star break. <laughs> yes, that's leadership,
3: you, oh <laughs> Anyway, don't miss oh, this. Man. It's not on chain. It's great. All right,
1: that's uh, that's Pat. Uh, well, Pat will talk again tomorrow. Yeah, all right.
3: <laughs> oh, he does. He just completely melts down. Like starts screaming at me. It's great. I just. Uh, Sat there,
1: and said, yeah, okay. How far into it?
3: Ooh, probably 20 minutes in. All right, or so. But that, yeah, it's coming up. Shortly. I suggested that Sano, the infl- if if Miguel Sano can't learn from watching Cruz, I suggested that it's going to be hopeless. At which point he started screaming at me.
1: That's amazing. Uh, quick last plug for this because we're closing the window off at noon tomorrow. Tomorrow night, Modest Brewing Company, five to seven o'clock. We'll tape. The Score North Twin Show with Glenn Perkins, myself, Judd Zolgad, Rami, Derek will be there too, giving away a complimentary beer, some other prizes. Tickets are free, but you got to register at scorenorth.com slash Glenn.
0: This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's
1: Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone.